Hello, and welcome to episode 116 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is October 29th, 2018. I am Rollo McFlugel, and with me is Slappy Jones 2, and we are both at McFlugel.com. The show notes page for this episode is McFlugel.com slash 116, where you'll be able to find links to things we talk about, as well as the link to LibertyMugs.com, where you can go buy some libertarian-themed mugs. So with that, I'm going to pass it over to Slappy, and he's going to introduce our episode topic and our guest. Long overdue guest, if I may <laughs> add. Thanks, Rallo. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Slappy Jones. With us today, we have the man, the myth, the legend, author of two books, maybe a third on the way. Maybe I made that up. You made that up. I made that up. <laughs> maybe I'm encouraging you to write another one. I don't know. Uh, guy busted on the scene maybe i don't know how long ago mance did you start your podcast that has grown exponentially you're all over the place does an excellent job mance rayner welcome to the show oh i'm happy to be here thanks for thanks for inviting me on guys i really appreciate it oh i thought we were getting rance mater Oh, oh! Is yeah. this Mance? We can get we can get him. I'm sure. <laughs> it's still early in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, you're you're not really doing anything until somebody decides to um, clone your account. There and, you go, uh, and to parody you. I was going to say that is an honor for you, man. <laughs> I actually did. I, I that was one of my few. <laughs> I always joke with Slappy about the notes I write, and normally there's there's one word that's always there, but this one, yours is actually pretty interesting because one of the notes I have is Bryce. <laughs> and uh, one of the, uh, you know, he's got the, for those that don't know, there's this uh, an individual on Twitter that has been going at it with Mance for a while, and he, and he made up a, a fake Mance account and tries to parody him. But there was one tweet that he made that actually he made like a really good point. Accidentally or? I think accidentally. He's trying to make fun of ANCAPs and Mans, but like the the points he's making are usually like, I'm like, I'm going to like that tweet because it's actually pretty good. If you really go back, well, if Twitter hadn't deleted the account, um, if you went back, I, I would say 60% of the tweets he was trying to basically parody volunteerist and caps and he nailed it i mean it was like it was like it was like half of his tweets i was like i might be getting through to this guy i don't know he's, he's gonna parody himself into uh becoming like the best at, he's gonna be like the new uh tom woods or or something that'd be great it's hilarious man that's why, you know, some people I know, it's like Twitter can be just like the worst place in the world, but it can also be pretty cool. And sometimes like, you know, you start with someone who's just miserable and awful and terrible, but you keep at it with them. And half the time, when I do it, most of the time, it's just for the drive-bys to see it. Uh, not necessarily for the person I'm arguing with, because I'm not, don't really think I'm going to convince them. But every once in a while, someone like turns around and is like, you know what? All right. I kind of see what you're saying. They kind of take away the the nasty attitude and and act like a real person. Yeah, he. Um, I mean, I knew there was no getting through to this guy. This guy, but um, he, he really he was doing a pretty good job with it until I made a parody account of his personal account, <laughs> and then he he sort of lost his shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, started started getting mean with everybody. You know, I I took his picture and I put the scumbag hat on, yeah. on the other and then it was like, and then he blocked that account. But you know, it's this is what happens when you put yourself out on social media as much yeah. as as much as we do. Right? You know, you're going to have people attacking you. You're going to have people just looking to mock you and people waiting for you to just make a mistake. Yeah, I, I I did it on on Facebook. Um, I, I posted up a meme that was, um, and you you were actually retweeted it, Rollo. It's the it was the Ben Shapiro one about if global warming is real, how come I need a microwave to heat up my nuggies? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it turns out he believes in man made global warming. Oh, really? Uh- yeah. <laughs> so someone, you know, somebody somebody who uh, likes to stalk me on, on on facebook was like oh you fucking idiot <laughs> am i allowed to curse <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah go, go there I'll, I'll try to keep it down though but um yeah so he's like hey, you're a fucking idiot and everything i'm like all right i screwed up what the hell i put so much stuff out there there's gonna be a mistake make, or two, yeah, so right. it. it's part of the game yeah i mean but that one's if you're gonna make make a mistake well first of all it being about ben, ben shapiro i mean <laughs> for all the mistakes that he makes uh, it's uh Making one about him isn't a big deal, and especially for something that, you know, that's silly. I don't know. People take things way too seriously sometimes. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm guilty. Yeah. All right. Well, Slappy, uh, let's uh, let's actually yeah. introduce our topic. <laughs> yeah, no, we wanted to bring you on. Well, there's probably a million things we could talk to you about, but uh, specifically, you had an episode with Thaddeus Russell, who was a guest on our podcast in the past. And uh, he brought up unions, and I, I know Rallo had a lot on that, and we wanted to talk a little bit about that. Maybe uh, Rallo, was there anything specifically about this conversation you wanted to bring up? Yeah, it would just kind of be a general. I didn't even know like how they were formed, and yeah, I didn't even when when I asked Mance to come on and talk about unions. I didn't even hadn't even listened to the Thaddeus Russell episode, but it it kind of dovetails nicely into, I guess, some history on unions because it was something what what Thaddeus talked about in your episode. I know you read his book. Uh, Which is really good. Have you read that, Rallo? Not yet. Amazing. It's worth it. Yeah, I should read it. Uh, it's on my list. But uh, you know the history and just talking about some uh, some libertarian ideas surrounding unions. Uh, maybe what what they are theoretically, what uses they have, and then what uh, purposes they serve now, and how they might get corrupted by the state. Well, he. I actually, you know, I can also talk about personal, personal history with unions. Um, my, my dad's stepdad, who I, I, I consider to be my grandfather when I was growing up, he was actually an organizer with the Teamsters. And my dad, after he got out of the military, he, for a short time, he was actually a delegate mm-hmm. with, a, with a union in the Bronx called UTT which if you look it up on, if you Google it, you will find out just exactly how much of a terrorist organization this was. <laughs> um, and, and, and I'm using, and believe me, I'm, I'm not using that word. Um, I'm not just throwing that word out there. Ha ha. I'm talking about, um, yeah, these, these guys were pretty fucked up. Serious and, stuff, huh? Yeah. And, and I don't think my dad had such a short time with them. I would say if my dad was still alive and I asked him why he left, I would probably say, yeah, because these guys were nuts, you know, but um, what Fatty has talked about and uh, what, what I really wanted to uh, speak to him about in the, when I contacted him was how unions came to be 
in the United States. And from everything that he talks about in his book, it really seems to be, it was organic. It wasn't like, you know, in, you know, in the 1850s, somebody got a hold of the communist manifesto and read it and, you know, Oh, we, you know, workers of the world unite. No, it was, it, it seems like it was more like you just had, there were so many different kinds of people and kind of kinds of immigrants. And a lot of it had to do, you know, some of it had to do with Irish people who were coming over and um, freed, freed blacks. And, you know, Irish people were considered to be of the lowest class at that point. And they were considered to be lazy. And, you know, it just seemed like the bosses, the owners had this idea of how business needed to be, they wanted business to be run. And there was such a small pool of workers to choose from. Unlike today where, you know, if you get a job and you're lazy, they just kick your butt, you know, they kick your butt out. But it seems like union just basically grew out of not being able to deal with people, these different cultures that had come into the workforce. And, you know, the, like the Irish, I was telling Rollo before we started recording, the Irish wanted to, and I know this sounds like a stereotype, but they wanted to drink on the job and they had no understanding of why they wouldn't be allowed to drink on the job. And so they basically there, there had to be negotiations and that's the way all of, you know, that's the way it starts. When you think about a union, it's a negotiating the workers, negotiating with the, um, negotiating with the bosses. And, you know, um, he talks about in the book about the history of, of slaves and how, there's this idea that from books like Roots, which Thomas Sowell in his book, Black, Black Rednecks and White Liberals, you know, just absolutely destroys that that is just fancy, pure fantasy that, you know, slaves were being whipped all day, every day. I mean, you just you don't do that. You don't you know, it would be the same thing now. If you work on a computer, you'd be beating your pewter. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you need you need work output. And he talks about how how black people would be like, okay, I'm, I'm hurt today. I can't work. And they would, and he, he also talks about how they helped to bring about the weekend by, you know, it, mm. really realizing that you were going to have to give these, you were going to have to uh, give these people some time off. You couldn't work them to death. And if you did try to work them too hard, they would just back off. So a lot of this, a lot of this leads up to, and, basically is the creation of the union. I mean, later, you know, later, later on when uh, people started reading more and the, when you got closer to the progressive era, you know, that's when communist manifesto kind of influence starts coming in and you start talking, you start um, getting into these really highly organized unions. But up until that point, it's really just the way it really should be organic negotiations between the boss and the workers. And yeah, from a voluntarist standpoint, I don't see any issue with the workers getting together to collectively bargain for um, their wages. It's well, when the state gets involved. Well, it's, it's not only when the state gets involved, it's when 
the union stops being organic when it, it, it and it, think about think about the union think about the union as a group of people yeah you, you have you're in anarchy and a group a group of people come together and say hey why don't we form some alliances so that in case anybody come anybody comes against us you know we can fight against them well you may have somebody who might decide to be like okay since i'm the best at fighting why don't you give me all the guns and you know all the weapons and i'll hold all the weapons and then i'll train you guys and everything and basically what happens is you're going to have somebody who's going to try to be try to put himself in charge and he's going to try to form a government well the same thing that's that's how union that's how the, the modern union the union where if you want to work here you have to join this union. You have to pay all the dues. Right. If we tell you not to go to work, you don't go to work. Right. You're going to stand out on this line. And if you see somebody who's not from the union shop trying to cross this line, you get violent with them and you stop them. That's not volunteer. That that's right. That's not volunteers at all. Right now you've entered and now you have a government that's ruling over you and it's making decisions and the volunteer, you know, and any kind of volunteerism that there was is gone. Yeah, totally. Um, so, the one con- you know, we could talk about the your favorite thing in the world. Uh, just briefly mention it. Uh, culture <laughs> is that uh, you mentioned the uh, the Irish immigrants, and I know a similar situation with Italian immigrants coming over. I mean, they were like the poorest of the poor in the early twentieth century. And they were considered black, just like the Irish were considered black. They were not, you got to remember, that's another thing Thaddeus talks about in these books. Mm-hmm. None of the, none of these groups were considered white. Right. You know, they were all considered to be low. You know, they, they weren't like the people who were, you know, who settled, who settled here or who, who basically, you know, overthrew, overthrew the people who had already lived here. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were, they were considered to be the lowest of the low. So yeah, culture, talk about culture. Yeah, well, even even my uh, my Polish great grandfather, in order to get a job, he they asked what his name was, and he knew if he said what his real last name was, he they would wouldn't hire him. So he saw Burke's hot dog stand across the street and said, "My name's Joe Burke." That's how he started working over here. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 just the this we can apply because history repeats itself so much, and we look back at the his, the history and see how all these uh, immigrant groups got treated, how there was a lot of. Uh, a lot of vitriol directed towards them and that their cultures didn't mesh well with what the culture of the host country that they were, they were immigrating to was. And, uh, but we look around today and see Irish and Italian and Polish and all these other nationalities that have been, been here for a while, Chinese and other Asians. And, and it's, there's no problem. So when, when we, people look at the Mexicans or other, uh, groups coming over here today and so that there's going to be this cultural clash, this crisis that we're not going to be able to deal with. It's like, well, I mean, we've dealt with it before. Not to say that the, the this refugee issue is exactly the same as what happened before, but I mean, there's a historical case to say, well, maybe it doesn't have to be as alarming as, as a lot of these people are thinking it is. Well, remember back then too, it was a different political system. The after, I would say, you know, well, I consider Wilson to be the worst president of all time. 
you know, after Wilson was like the, you know, he set up the pins for FDR. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, it's just basically been, okay, let's, it's divide and conquer. We got to divide the people. You know, for, for all that people want to talk about culture, I mean, people living in Salt Lake City have a completely different culture than people who live in Chicago or live in New York. People who live in Albuquerque have a completely different culture than anyone who lives, you know, than, than most people who live in Los Angeles. Whenever anybody wants to talk about the immigration issue, I I, I like to point out the people who have d- destroyed whatever culture you think there was here. They live here. They were born here. Right. I mean, you'd have to start you'd have to start kicking them out of the country. I'm sure there are some people that would like to do that. Um. A lot of them, a lot of them call themselves libertarians, which is one of the reasons why I'm almost, uh, almost convinced to abandon that terminology because it's just, it, I don't think it really means anything. I, I don't even know if it means anything anymore. I mean, it does to certain people, but to people looking in from the outside, um, they see it as a, you know, libertarianism is the gateway to the alt-right. Right. And I don't know that that... I, and, and I've gotten to the point where I don't know that that's wrong because I see so many people on, you know, if you mention open borders, I see so many people just attacking you and, you know, playing, you know, doing the uh, appeal to authority fallacy. Well, this person and this person and that person and that person. And, you know, to me, I just look at that and I'm like, all you're telling me is vote Republican. Right. I mean, that's, that, that's all you're, that's, that's all, the only way I'm taking this is that you're, ta- you're saying to vote Republican. And if you're saying to vote Republican, then you're not a libertarian. I mean, and, you know, so going back to, you know, turn of the century, late 1800s. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at people would come here. Germans would, Germans would go into their own neighborhoods and, um, you know, you would even have German neighborhoods that would be like different. You'd have like Northern German neighborhoods and Southern German neighborhoods. And, you know, people had their own culture and they, they tried to keep it and everything, but, you know, eventually the the culture disappeared. Eventually they leave the culture behind. Sure. There are still Italians and Queens in New York who fly the Italian flag. But I mean, if Italy went to war tomorrow, they're not going to go over there and fight for them. You know, so, I mean, right. yeah. And then you just talk about, you know, I mean, people, t- I lived, I lived in South Florida for a long time and I knew a lot of Cubans, you know, and you would think that people would have an, would have a problem with people, um, with people who were coming from basically a communist regime and worried about, you know, how they were, how they were doing, but it, apparently Apparently, it's not such a big problem if you're escaping a communist regime as if you're escaping a Middle Eastern country that has been turned to total dog shit by American foreign policy. And, you know, basically any (laughs) you can look at you, you can look at Nicaragua and you can look at Guatemala and you can look at El Salvador and you can just see the fingerprints of the CIA, the National Endowment for Democracy um, all over that. Sure, they had some, you know, sure, a lot of them um, sought to embrace socialism, but you know, it, arming the most right wing rebels 
to fight against the socialists down there is going to cause some problems, and you might have some people who decide to try and escape. And saying shit like, well, George Soros is is funding this without any evidence except for Glenn Beck <laughs> being at a friggin' board acting like what's his name from it's it's sunny it's always sunny in philadelphia yeah. going nut you know go nuts and everything well that doesn't convince me telling me that there's people from isis in there that i'm sorry i've studied too much propaganda to, to listen to that and be like oh yeah that yeah that 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 definitely sounds right sure yeah no i mean it's just i don't know man you i think you got you know how much i hate i, I hate this culture argument it's like yeah. I mean, the culture here, people who were born here, they're, you know, people worry about if you live in, if you live in an area like where I live in Atlanta, people worry about people moving in from Illinois, New York, Los Angeles and everything like that. And it's like the culture here is fucked up. It's like, you know, how much worse are 7,000 people going to make it? You know? Well, what's funny is that you mentioned the difference between like Salt Lake City and New York, the cultural differences there. And I moved out to to my house about three years, just over three years ago, and I, it's about forty five minutes from where I grew up, so it's not not really that far away. The culture is completely different out where I am now. I actually like it better, um, and that's with uh, there. I have, there's a ton. There's a huge Mexican population out here with all the mushroom farms, and uh, I don't know. Maybe they're going and voting Democrat. I don't, I don't think most of them are citizens or anything, or you know, we can make up. You know, whatever are they voting illegally? I don't really care. But even if they are, however they're voting, I mean, that matters to me as much as like my next door neighbors, how he's voting. Like I care what they're, how they're contributing to society. Otherwise, and I know these Mexicans are working hard at these farms and also uh, putting up uh, restaurants and grocery stores that I use a lot and I really like. So, I, I mean, but Rollo, there's rape gangs in Sweden. Oh, yeah, that's true. I was actually in Sweden uh, a couple of years ago in Stockholm. and Participated uh, in the rape gangs? Yes, I did. Because I was not from there. So I was one of those uh, immigrants. Yeah, some some people really need to start download some, uh, some papers that were done on Nord on Nord rape pre-2000. Which it seems, it seems like the reason why a lot of rapes don't get reported in Nordic countries is because they had such a culture of it before that people just didn't report mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I've I've started because I remember uh, I made a video a while ago when that guy T was still around and he did this whole anti-immigration closed borders argument. I saw him at I saw him at Mises. Oh, really? At, yeah, he was at Mises. Yeah. Nice. I haven't heard from him in a while. Um, but he was doing his, his closed borders things and I did a rebuttal video and he brought up Sweden and, and like, just like Wikipedia, take three seconds to Google why they're, uh, like their rape numbers. And it's like, well, whatever it is, I'm not saying that whatever immigrant thing that no immigrants have raped anyone up there, but, um, the way they report it is completely different than anywhere else in the world. So you might want to, you might want to account for that when you're, when you're comparing all these numbers it's uh but yeah what was funny too is that um i don't like to assign a lot of hatred as, as to why people are motivated for doing whatever um but when i was walking through we were walking through stockholm when we came across uh 
a couple people protesting something and it was most, I think it was written in sweet Swedish, whatever that what it was, but I walked up and there was a little, nice little old lady. And she was talking about, uh, some of the problems they're having with crime not getting punished well. And so there's this one candidate that they really wanted. It's like a, a cop or a former cop or something. They wanted to be either mayor or whatever, something. Probably a Swedish Democrat or something like that. If you look those guys up, you'll see what their history is. Yeah. And uh, and so I went on this. They, she gave me a pamphlet. It was all in Swedish, but it had a link to a, a Facebook page to go. And uh, so I was like, oh, let me go there. It was all, so I translated it. Just used the you know, the browser's translation function and holy crap. It was just like all these comments in there were like Muslims or Nazis. Uh, I hate Muslims. We should like kill all of the Muslims. And I'm like, like, wow. Like the groups, like little blurb for it. It was like, no, we believe in peace and everything. And they said all the right words, but all these people in there, all, at least all the people commenting on this Facebook page were like absurd. Like just hateful, hateful, way more. And they say that like American, American, most American conservatives are usually the type that, that don't like, uh, you know, have problems with, uh, Muslims and stuff and, and immigration. But for the most part, they're not like having, you know, blood drip from their mouths with, with how much they hate people. They have other, some of them might, but, but this was like over the top. I was shocked. Well, and, yeah, I honestly believe they should be allowed to do that and say whatever they want. And I oh, think of course. Sweden instituting those laws that, you know, you can get arrested for shit that you say online is just fucking awful. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I think uh, Jen the Libertarian put out, today, you know, tweeted today, you know, in real, in real in response to the whole gab thing, you know, Howard Dean saying the gab should be brought up on charges because, you know, <laughs> I saw because, the, you know, the guy, the guy who shot up the, the, the synagogue in Pittsburgh was, um, it's like, well, okay. So if gab didn't exist, he would have, they would have done it somewhere else, you know? I mean, um, but the, you know, it's, well, as long as we're going that route, if someone commits a murder on a, on a public road, then should the government be shut down? Hmm. Well, I mean, the, the scary gave access to him. the scary thing is the president. The precedent has been set with, with Ross Albrecht in the Silk Road. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. the scary thing. That's, that's what Lynn Albrecht has been saying for so long. It's like this is this is sends a chip. I forget exactly the word she used, the phrasing, but like it's chilling for for the internet in the future. That and yeah, I, this this is war. Um, I, I I tweeted out today that this this was the beginning. And I, I, I honestly, and I don't, I don't consider myself, I don't want to be a martyr. I don't consider myself a martyr, but I don't see my account, my accounts either on Facebook or Twitter lasting much longer. Um, it's just, you know, if, if the free thought project, if cop block, um, if sites, if um, pages like that can be deleted. Yeah, Liberty memes was deleted. Yeah, I mean, like they're yeah. harmless. Yeah, over and over again. I mean, those guys are they're they they don't insult anybody. You know, right, they, right. They, they do a lot of. I mean, shit on their private page, uh, community group. They do fundraising. They do they do charity um, mm -hmm. 
uh, for people, you know, people dying of cancer and stuff like that. I mean, they're, they're good guys. And I mean, I do how Liberty memes got, how they decided to get rid of them just makes no sense to me because it's not like they're, Oh, you're an idiot. If you're voting, I mean, you know, some, I mean, some of the memes that are posted in the comments might say that, but they're, and they're, most of the stuff they put out there is milk toast. Yeah. Or it's just yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, I, I mean, I, there, there's a lot of that. It has to be just that it's they're They're big enough that in our small corner of the world that we care and it matters a lot, but to the vast majority of the world, I mean, no one knows, no one outside of our circles knows what Liberty memes is. So they can just delete it and they can just say, yeah, it was a hate group. And people just say, oh yeah, okay. Must be. But, I'm, but I mean, free thought project and cop block. I mean, that, that tells me a lot, right? That yes. tells me a lot because free thought project. I mean, they didn't take their websites, not gone. So, you know, I can still go to their website and get plenty of fodder for, for podcasts. But, um, I mean, well, I mean, we- <laughs> it, it, you really, if the, I mean, you, you know, the, you, you know, companies that were like, have been hired to police this stuff right and decide who i mean it's like the atlantic the atlantic council i mean, basically neocon organizations and it's of course they're going to hate uh anti-authoritarian mm-hmm. groups like um like cop block and uh and and free thought project i mean so what do you think the answer work? is um like, what mean, do we do I'm, you start- off. I I'm, mean- st- I'm starting to put more stuff up on mines I'm I'm starting to spend more try to spend more time on mines because you know it's on the uh, that's on the blockchain mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people are I think a lot of people are going over there I think I think we're just gonna have to go to the blockchain because uh, I mean what can they you know what can they do I mean they shut the internet down yeah and, yeah if they can or at least more maybe we get driven to more tour and stuff whatever whatever makes yeah. it more difficult to to shut there's no single server well um, they, they don't care they don't care about our little echo chamber right they care that we're reaching they care that people are seeing our posts that you know can be can be swayed by them and that's that's their that's their thing they don't they don't mind the less than one percent of people out there once it gets up to three or four, three or four percent or five percent start thinking like us, I mean, they got a problem. Yeah, I mean, bright. I mean, Andrew Breitbart said it right. You know, politics is downstream from culture. That's why I'm one of those people who's like, I don't give a shit about politics. I don't give. A, I don't care who you vote for. I don't care about this whole border thing. The whole border thing in libertarianism is completely retarded because you're not going to get anybody. You're not going to get enough libertarians <laughs> elected to even. <laughs> to even make a dent in that that issue so you have to become a republican like liberty hangout or something like that you know where you know oh you're, the real libertarians vote for republicans well jesus christ i don't i don't even <laughs> yeah. i don't even know what to say i don't even know what to say about that but you know it's you have to change the culture and that's my whole thing my whole thing is i'm i i don't care about changing a politician's mind i don't care about getting politicians elected you know someone made um someone made the comment on it was that sam coppinger coppinger idiot um <laughs> yeah. he made the comment about someone that said you know he should just he should just vote democrat and he said 
Um, he ran down this list. Well, a Democrat doesn't want to get rid of the Department of Department of Education. He had like this whole list of all these agencies he wanted to get rid of. And I just came back to him and I said, and no re- real yeah. libertarian who's electable is going to do that because no real libertarian is electable. Right. You know? So it's like you change the culture. You don't change politics. You can change politics by changing the culture. You can't change culture by changing po- by changing politics. Politics is unchangeable in this country until the people change. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all, all of the, uh, the arguments I have about, uh, the government shouldn't do this. The government shouldn't do that, uh, including the border, uh, thing. It's all academic because <laughs> like we can, we can debate all day. We can debate till we're blue in the face about what the government should do regarding the border, but like it doesn't matter. They're going to do what they're going to do until they're not going to get elected if they do, you know, X, Y, or Z. Um, so yeah, I, I'm 100% on board with you with, uh, saying that we, we need to change minds. Um, and so those conversations can be good, but they're, you know, well, it's academic. And that's why I have a podcast. That's why I wrote a couple books. That's why I spend as much time on social media as possible, you know, and people are like, why would you argue with that idiot? Why would you spend an hour or two arguing with some idiot? It's like I wrote about it in my second book. You do it for the lurker. Yeah, absolutely. For the it's a lot who, of how I learned. Yeah. You just you, you. I mean, I have people, you know, those follow Fridays. Mm-hmm. Yep. And people come up with this long list of you got to follow these people. I would say 90 percent of the time when I'm on a list, I have no idea who the person is making that list. Yep. That's great. So, so I'm looking and I'm like, okay, this person who's never interacted me, never, my, my DMs are open. Anybody can DM me, uh, has never sent me a DM, is saying to follow me. Well, obviously, either, I, I mean, I don't know if I changed their mind, but obviously I'm having an influence. But I mean, I get people in my D, in my DMs who tell me, um, I used to feel this way about the police. I don't feel about, I don't feel that way about the police anymore from watching your posts. Um I had a guy on on Facebook who told me he said that um he had he was not only a hardcore Zionist but I mean like he read their literature like he studied their <laughs> you know, he studied their literature and he goes it was you having people like Jeremy R Hammond on and having Jeffrey Weiss on that changed my mind and made me you know realize that you know, Zionism is pretty evil right now you know it's pretty is pretty evil and i mean i was when he when he told me that i mean i was like literally that's that's one of those ones that you wait for and when you finally get it you're almost in tears yeah you know so i mean that's that's why i waste so much of my friggin' time on social media is i'm <laughs> trying to change we have to change the culture and the only and i mean social media is a great i mean Think about the Mises Institute. The Mises Institute started in 1982. People would contact them and they would make copies of of articles and books, and, you know, and they would send them to them. And there was no PDF files or anything like that. I mean, they would literally have to like mail. They would mail stuff out. They would have they'd have Xerox machines going all the time. Think about how easy it is now. Oh yeah. I mean, you can just. I mean, we can literally change the world. And especially, I mean, I really think that we have to move people 
as much as we can off of internet-based platforms and onto blockchain-based platforms. Because mm -hmm. the um, look at Gab. I mean, GoDaddy. Did you see it today? No. What happened? GoDaddy said bye. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Be because of this guy? Yeah. What do you think of this guy? What, this story is so strange to me. I haven't followed anything. I know I, what I happened, but I haven't, I haven't followed. I, all I know is that he's, he hates Jews. He hates Trump because Trump doesn't hate Jews enough. But it's okay. still Trump's fault, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Trump, you know, Trump really hates, you know, Trump really hates Jews. I mean, first of all, he, he kisses Benji's ass like crazy. All of his kids are married to, to Jews. I mean, his, you know, his daughter, his daughter converted. I mean, it, it, it his, <laughs> his, his, what his closest advisor is not only, I mean, is like hardcore Zionist, like, you know, Netanyahu right. says, I've known Jared Kushner since he was this high, right. you know, and he's like at his knee and everything like that. It's like, Anybody who thinks that, you know, Trump, you know, that, that's why I don't understand the, the alt-right fascination with Trump. <laughs> yeah. How do you square that, you know? <laughs> you know, I mean. Well, I don't think those are the sharpest knives in the drawer, so. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I, I have no clue what's going on over on, on that side. But, um, man, I just, I'm all about just being left alone. And, yeah. you know, leaving people alone to do what they want. You know, my, my mantra has been since I started all this, leave me alone. I'll leave you alone if you need help, ask. And if I need help, I'll ask. Yep. And I mean, that's really, really simple. But everybody has this. I've said now for oh God, probably like I've really only gone public with a lot of you know, with my beliefs for about two years and blast them all over social media, starting a, a podcast and everything. But I've been saying for a good seven or eight years, especially when I started, um, th there was a period where I was studying Hinduism really, um, really hard. I mean, that's how I got into meditation and everything. I meditate every day. I'm not, I don't consider myself Hindu, but I'm very influenced by a lot of their beliefs. And one of the main is you, you have to, the idea of looking at the world and trying to figure out what the over what the overriding emotion of the world is, what the overriding thought in the world is, what the or for a, a term that more people the zeitgeist of the world is, and I've been saying for seven years it's fear, and people are just whether it's it, it whether they were brought up that way, whether they've allowed politicians to do it, whether they've allowed um, media personalities to do it, people live in fear and that fear causes them to look outside of themselves for protection for leadership um for a host of things and until we the people that i see who advocate for like a stateless society people you know i mean i'm not even talking about the academics i'm talking about people you know walter block robert murphy um, Tom Woods. I mean, these are academics. I mean, I don't, I don't know for a fact that they, you know, Hey, maybe they're jujitsu masters and I don't know, but these are people who are not scared. I don't think, I, I don't think they would automatically be begging for a government if the state fell tomorrow. Well, why? 
why why are other people why are people why are strong people why are people who can take care of themselves why do they beg for protection beg for a state you know, i mean i i don't i don't get it i mean if it if the state fell tomorrow i'd probably want to go to new hampshire and be around people you know around a more be around a lot more libertarian people than i am right now um because i think that would be important um getting as many like-minded people around me but um i don't have fear that my neighbor would come and try to kill me and i mean that's i don't have fear that somehow a warlord in the neighborhood would spring up and it's everything is about fear it's just people are just friggin' scared and i don't know how to i don't know how to explain it because i've never after i grew up and left the house left my parents house i've never lived in fear of pretty much anything except the state yeah. I mean, and that's the, the only the and, and and that's where i'm the total opposite of these people is these people are scared of everyone around them and want the state to step in to protect them and i'm like i want everyone to go to realize how dangerous the state is so we can you know pr- decide to throw them off like etienne de la Botte said you know just ignore them make them go away not give them any power you know and then they fall off their pedestal but i don't you know it's it's rough you know it's like you feel like um friggin Farrell's character in uh what the hell is that the model movie zoolander oh, yeah. <laughs> i feel like i'm taking i i literally feel like i'm taking crazy pills every day yeah I mean, it's one of those, it's, it's a normal human thing and it's a good human thing to think about the future and be concerned about the future and uncertainty. It's just, I guess, the paradigm that we've, that we've grown up in that says, you know, state or bust. If you don't have the state, then it's going to be chaos. So it's, that's where it gets like kind of nefarious because it's playing on a, a good thing that you have, that you have a time preference that's, you know, low enough that you're not that you you can think about oh well if we do away with these all these things that are normal with life well we have to replace it with something and you know of course people don't think uh think it through well enough that they think it's just going to be a disaster and everything so that's where the, i guess the education the, the the it's good and bad i guess is what i'm saying because they're they're functioning as humans should but they're uh they just don't have the the mindset. And it's a big hurdle to overcome. Oh yeah, it's enormous. It's um you know, I and I think Dave Smith has really, really put it as best as anyone I've ever heard put it. It's like it's like being a abolitionist in the South in like eighteen thirty or eighteen forty. Where it's you're just like you know these slaves the, these are people you know we shouldn't be doing this it's like well who's going to pick the cotton you know, who's going to who's going to build the roads mm-hmm. i mean it really it really seems like that's that's the way it is right now i mean i like that example too because slaves up until you know relatively recently that was life that was forever it was never questioned for a long time um, very similar to how our government is. 
Well, yeah, I mean, slavery was just a given throughout history. And, you know, and I'm, I'm very much like the classic libertarians where I have no problem with slavery. If someone wants to sell, them, sell <laughs> themselves into it voluntarily, you know, I, if somebody wants to put themselves in that situation, um, that's fine. But I also think that there should be a contract involved where they, you know, they can opt out at some point or another, you know, but and whatever they want to do. I mean, that's the way I would do it if I sold myself into slavery for some yeah. I mean, you were, reason. You know? Right. But um, it just, I mean, literally, and I try to explain this to people and it just, and I use this example all the time, you know, and people are like, we live in a free country. I'm like, okay, so <laughs> if you're walking down the street and a cop pulls up to you and says, stop, if you know that you were doing absolutely nothing wrong, can you walk away and, su and not suffer any consequences? No, you cannot. How are you free? If you cannot, if a person, it, I mean, if I walked up to somebody and I said, hey, stop. They'd be like, who are you? But because you throw a uniform on people and, you know, give them some kind of, you know, oh, we've given them authority. We've given them rights that we don't have, which makes absolutely no sense because, I mean, how can you give away something you don't you don't have, you don't possess yourself? I mean, it is absolutely friggin' nuts to me that people allow this to happen. I go out of my way to just avoid police. I mean, if I'm walking in a grocery store and there's one in there shopping and he's in his uniform, I will not make eye contact. I will not look at them. I just don't. Why? Why would I want to do that? Why would I want somebody who can literally pull the gun out of his holster, shoot me, and then say, I, fe I feared for my life? And then he gets to go He gets to go home that night, and I don't. Why, why would I? Is that, a, I mean, how, how the fuck do you live in a, how do you want to make the argument you live in a free country? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just, it, it, it is fear. It is fear. I mean, these people, they are so scared. They are, they are scared of a boogeyman around the corner. They're scared that if the cops went on strike, that their neighbor would rape them. I mean, I have no clue how these people live their lives in right. such fear. And maybe that really explains why so many people are on psychotropic drugs you know, or, or on. Um, yeah. All the, kinds the, of uh, anxiety pills, whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I mean, I have natural anxiety, um, but I'm, I can control it. I, I have anxiety attacks every once in a while, and I do have natural anxiety. But as long as I'm controlling my diet, usually I don't have to worry about it. You know, but it's not something where I'm scared or I'm freaking out about something. It's just I have an imbalance. And but it's like I mean I I meet people in my business on a daily basis that are like literally scared of their own shadows, hmm. like they are. I don't know what's wrong with them. And I, I'm not willing to believe that this many people are, you know, that it's, it, it, everybody's imbalanced. I mean, maybe everybody is, maybe it's diet. Maybe our diets are so screwed up that everybody, you know, everybody's um, chemistry is out of whack. Who the hell knows? I mean, we can do a conspiracy theory episode on that. Right. But um, it just, it floors me that some people are just, they're, I mean, they're, 
I, I, I literally do. I literally ask myself a que- ask myself the question four or five times a day. How do these people get out of bed in the morning? I mean, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, here I think a lot of it too starts in the schools. Um, you know, a kid's bored of his mind at school, and instead of the teacher going, "Wow, I really suck. I can't keep these kids' attention," they say the kid has a problem. Let's put him on drugs, and the parents are on board with it. I, I'm, man, if um, when I was a kid, if if some doctor would have said they wanted to um, give some kind of mind altering, you know, mood altering, enhancing or whatever, um, my, my dad would have absolutely flipped out. Yeah. I had the same, same type of, my, my dad was not a libertarian by any means, but no way would he have gone for that. Oh no. My, my, my dad wasn't a libertarian at all. I mean, ex mil ex military, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he didn't like that I smoked weed when I was, you know, when I was a teenager. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you know, he, he, he it, it, which was awesome because, you know, I know he did it every once in a while. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. I guess, I, 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 I guess that that's like one of the benefits of being a parent. You get to say that. <laughs> Why well, I've heard recent because I've, uh, my brother and his wife, they've, they have a couple kids now and, um, it's worse than just the mental things that they try to do therapy. It's physical things. Like, uh, I can't, my, I'm like the tallest in my family. I'm like five, nine. Uh, my dad's like five, six or five, seven. My brother's about that height too. So we're smaller. My sister-in-law's, you know, a little bit shorter than that. And, uh, when they had their oldest son, their first son, they said, uh, apparently now they can look at something and determine kind of how tall you're going to be when you grow up. And he was going to be, my nephew was going to be in one of the lower percentiles for height. And they offered my brother and sister-in-law therapy. I don't know how it works to try to get him taller. And they're like, are you insane? What? Like, buy no. Or something? What are you going to do? Yeah, I don't know yeah. if they're going to put him on the, uh, what's it called? Where the, the rack? Yeah, the rack. But there, there's some sort of therapy. Like it's like, what? Okay. Like, he's going to be as tall as he's going to be. Like, <laughs> so check this shit out. My brother married, uh, he got married and she had, she had a kid. My brother doesn't have any kids. They didn't have any kids together. Um, when he was nine years old, he wasn't growing. They put him on growth hormones. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and he's like six, two, six, three now. And, um, smart is a freaking whip. He's pre-med. I mean, I, but yeah, you know, I, I was, I remember when you were saying that it reminded me, I hadn't even remember, I hadn't even thought about this in, you know, in like five or six years, but yeah, I mean, he, my brother, my brother calls me and goes, oh yeah, we're putting, I'm a, I won't say his name, but we're putting him on uh human growth hormone because he's not growing. I'm mm-hmm. like, how old is he? He's like nine. I'm like, mm. what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay. <sighs> You know, Murray Rothbard. Yeah, it's your kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, right. That, that would be tough to. Yeah. I mean, and, and just think about it. If that's like a normal thing and had been a normal thing, there would be no Gary Coleman. Yeah. So there, that's my argument against giving kids growth hormones. I, 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 I cannot believe. I mean, and it, it had to have been his wife 
who I love dearly and I respect and I talk to all the time and is, is um, one of the people in my life that I consider to be counsel, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a conciliar, mm -hmm. but um, I, I never got that one. I, I, I never could believe that she, she made that decision. I was just like, what the fuck? Holy shit. I mean, you're good. I mean, I, I mean, I understand the human growth hormone is supposed to have natural. I mean, but mm, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I mean, that's a personal thing, I guess, with me is like, I don't want to mess with anything. Yeah. You don't I, know what you're. I don't know. What you I'm don't doing. know the unintended. Yeah. It's like economics. You don't know what the unintended consequences of that are. I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it could, the body could grow. The mind might stay, you know, who knows, who knows, right. how, who knows how chemicals are going to affect. I mean, everybody's, everybody's mm -hmm. body is different. Everybody's body chemistry is different. You know, I mean, some people can, you know, some people can lose weight on keto diets and some people can't, and some mm -hmm. people can, you know, I mean, it just, everybody's frigging different. You know, and that's why this collectivism is such frigging cancer. You know, it's just, nope nobody's the same you know even in you know it's like thomas Sowell says he goes he goes equality is such bullshit because you can have twins in the same family and they're not equal, they're not equal. <laughs> and, and then of course he says the famous one that you know you know even you are not going to be equal to yourself at certain points in your life so, right yeah. <laughs> yeah the only thing i would disagree with that on is be that everyone should have a tractor oh we got it in <sighs> you didn't even give man some warning on that I don't know. That was like trying to shoehorn in like, like a size, size 12 into a size nine. That's what every single one is like, though. <laughs> All right. Uh, we we, yeah, we don't want to keep you. Yeah, time. that's cool. And I, I mean, I love talking about this stuff and um, especially if you get me talking about um, abstracts and, you know, why I think the world is the way it is. I can go on. I can go on for hours of oh i yeah every every there's so many points that you brought up that i was like ooh, let's talk about that let's talk about that so <laughs> let's go off on a tangent let's yeah. Go, yeah or i mean if you both of you guys want to come on my podcast so we can talk about that stuff that'd be fun. yeah man oh yeah awesome. absolutely so before we wrap up um slappy do you have a quick free market success story because if not i have one all right, go for it. Okay, so while we have Mance here, you know, we talk about different ways to, uh, you know, without government, how are we going to manage the world and our society, especially for things that when people do things that don't actually cause uh, harm or don't violate the non-aggression principle. And uh, one of the tools we have is uh, freedom of association. So if someone does something that you don't like or approve of, you can kind of cut them out of your life and hopefully incentivize them to change their behavior um, in order to uh, act in a way you think is, is better. So um, I'm going to use this opportunity to say, Vance, if you keep posting memes uh, of like, what was that hot dogs cut on top of a glass of milk? <laughs> what was that? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you, cut up, you, you cut your doggies up and everything and you just slice little you put little slices in them so that they'll be able to just float themselves right up. You know, you can put them on the edge of the cup of your cup of milk so that, you know, you can, uh, you can have a good, yeah, yeah. that is a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of vitamins and minerals there. It's a healthy meal. Yeah. So, uh, all right. 
So, Mance, <laughs> why don't you uh, why don't you tell us where everyone can find you, and also uh, plug your Patreon. I know you just started that out, so we'll um, we'll link to all this stuff in our shows page, episode one or eleven sixteen or ah, mcflugel.com slash one sixteen. Yeah, you know the, the it took me forever to decide to a Patreon. Um, I just didn't. I balked at the idea. Um, the The biggest fear for me was that I would start it and no one would sign up. And in the first two weeks, twenty three people signed up. That's awesome. And, yeah, and I mean, I was you know it floors me. It it really it really humbles me that people believe in so much in what I'm doing that they would, you know, um, you know, pledge to give money, you know, to give money to support my work every month. So it's uh patreon.com forward slash Mansrader. And I have certain tiers. I'm putting out some private, um, I'm still doing three public episodes a week of my podcast, but I'm putting out some private episodes on there tomorrow. We'll be having our first private Ask Me Anything with uh, Scott Horton, the great Scott nice. Horton, who's taking time from editing his new book to uh, do this do this live stream. And that'll be for only for, for patrons. And it'll I think it'll be a great time. We've already um, a bunch of people have submitted questions, but you know, we'll have a we'll have a live chat because it'll be up on YouTube. It'll go through Google Hangouts and everything. And, you know, there's other stuff like um, I actually have a tier. If you want to sign up for $50 a month, you can do it. And you basically have personal access to me. And I've had one person, uh, Chardon, who he signed up for it already. And, you know, we were we, I was on the phone with him for 45 minutes. And he gave me some actually some great ideas about, um, you know, going forward. And, you know, so I'm taking counsel from from people and. And it's just, it's going to be an opportunity to, I'm going to do ask me anything where you'll personally, where I'll be interacting, where anybody can ask me anything. And, you know, I, I don't care if it's about geopolitics. I don't care if it's about economics. I don't care if it's about hockey or Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. I'll talk about, you know, fine, talk about anything. But, um, so this is full personal access, man. Yeah. <sighs> Full personal access. I don't know what that means. Um, Use your imagination. Yeah, but um, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of we're we're gonna have a lot of fun. And they've been, you know, the people who've signed up so far have been real good counsel as far as uh, giving me giving me ideas for things and you know, telling me why they signed up. And the number one reason is they believe in what I'm doing. So you know, like I said, that's that's very humbling. But, you know, Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast, um, the you know, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, although Google Play is a mess sometimes. I don't know if you guys put stuff up on Google Play, but half of the episodes sometimes don't even show up for days. Well, I've never tried with them. Stitcher sometimes gets weird. Yeah. Yeah. Stitcher usually takes a while. So, yeah, that. Um, I also, um, for for Patreon. And I just set this up today on my website, freemanbeyondthewall.com forward slash store. Both of my books are available on the, both of my books are on Amazon, but both of my books are on my website, freemanbeyondthewall.com forward slash store for cryptocurrency. But I also put up all of my Patreon stages, tiers on my website today. 
and you can use cryptocurrency to do that. The only difference is instead of paying by the month, you'd pay by the year. Nice. So, you know, people can people can use that. That'll be for cryptocurrency. You'll get the same emails and the same links to the private to, to all the private information. And um, yeah, so the podcast is really really what I'm concentrating on right now. I mean, it's my days off are just me doing interviews and doing research for podcasts. And even at work, half the time, I'm just doing research for podcasts <laughs> and everything like that. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm humbled by the reception that I've gotten and people telling me that they, a lot of people saying that I'm their favorite podcast, just, I, I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, you know, it's just, I, I'm, it's once again, I'll just use the word really humbling. Yeah, man. I'm well, glad. Appreciate it. Yeah. I'm glad it's paying off for you because you know, you do, you do put out tremendous stuff and you, you've maintained yourself throughout the entire uh, thing and still yeah, put out awesome memes. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I want to add, and I know I've told you this man before, but I have recommended your episode you did on Israel with, um, uh, Jeremy Hammond to more people than any podcast I've ever recommended. That's one of the best. Uh, if you're confused on that situation or how Israel came to be in the, you know, the Zionist movement in the 1800s, it does an excellent breakdown. Um, you know, I, I've given that to so many people. I've listened to it a million times. I think it's awesome. And there, there's other episodes like that I can name, but that's one that always sticks out in my head, man. So I, I thank you for that one. Yeah, I believe that's episode 87, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. But that is that is probably top three download, probably number one. I switched servers a while back, and I lost all the numbers, <laughs> download numbers from the old server. But, um, yeah, that is Jeremy's great um that is a great episode i mean i learned so much and it's also my longest episode i mean it's two hours and five minutes long <laughs> worth every minute though man i've listened yeah. to it several times yeah and jeremy his work is amazing check out i mean go to friggin amazon and get his book um obstacle to peace i mean that just breaks down everything that's going on with the is with the israel palestine quote-unquote conflict it is he's doing amazing work he that is what a journalist is. That guy is a friggin' journalist. I don't know what these people on TV think they are or what these people who write for the Washington Post and the New York Times and the Washington Examiner and Washington, I don't know what they think they are. But people like Jeremy Arham and or, um, you know, or the people who at antiwar.com and the guys at Libertarian Institute, these are journalists. And they all deserve everybody's attention. I mean, they are people like Sheldon Richman and Scott Horton, obviously Jared LaBelle. Um, they're just doing such amazing, amazing work. Angela Keaton over at antiwar.com. I mean, these are, I read their stuff and it just, uh, it makes me almost want to go back to school to learn how to write better. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All those, all those people. It's, it's I, that I give so much respect to the anti-war crowd, uh, especially the anti-war.com people. They do just amazing work and they don't get nearly the credit they deserve for it. And they don't get any, they, they never see any results. I know. That's, that's the worst. I know. I mean, think about it. I mean, it's, think about being 
I mean, antiwar.com has been around since the mid 90s. Right. And Justin Romando. I mean, <laughs> these people have been warning against all of this. You know, we're, they were talking about a 9 11 was going to happen. And, you know, no one was listening. Yep. Just, and no one gives them credit after the fact. I mean, those are, the, I, I try to talk all about, you know, people that I give money to. I give money to antiwar.com whenever they, whenever they ask. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're one yeah. of the people I give to. At give to as well. I mean, and how awesome is it that you know Scott Horton talks about this all the time? How awesome is it that antiwar.com that that domain is owned by people who lean way more libertarian than anything else? Yep, <laughs> it's one of the few wins we have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really? <laughs> yeah, that we got a domain. <laughs> yeah, woo! <laughs> all right. Well, uh, again, we'll we'll have all those links. Uh, for Mance on the show notes page, mcflu.com slash 116. You'll also be able to find some of the links to our stuff. Please subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, etc. And also check out libertymugs.com where you can uh, annoy friends and coworkers and families with uh, mugs with libertarian themed messages and memes on them. So thanks for listening. Thank you, Mance. And we'll catch you next week. Peace.